Good morning, Grace Midtown, or good afternoon, or evening, or whenever you are tuning in and watching this video from. As you already know, uh, this is our Sabbath week as a church. We do this every year. We take a week in May, and we don't have any in-person gatherings, and we, we really shut down all the activity of the church to say, hey, we're going to take some time, and we're going to rest as a community, and we're just going to uh, trust that God is working uh, as we simply uh, exist and seek to be uh, human beings, not just human doings. And so that's our staff uh, takes that entire week. Our volunteers take that Sunday to rest this Sunday. And for all of us, um, we, we just ask God and hope that this would be a spacious time for you and that you would, um, you would experience the, the rest and the peace and the presence of God in a unique way. This weekend, um, I do uh, want to take a few minutes to briefly share with you out of the scriptures, and really this is going to be a message that concludes the series that we've been in this entire spring. Uh, We've been in the Gospel of John and working through our Image of God series, and um, and this is season one, has been season one of this series, and so today is the, the conclusion to season one. I want to remind you, we will be back in person next Sunday. It's a special Sunday. That's going to be Pentecost Sunday, um, which also happens every year. It's on the church calendar, but Pentecost is the day that the church remembers and celebrates the coming of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is given in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. And um, and every year we we celebrate that and we look to God and we we ask him to move by his spirit again in our, in our church, in our churches, in our communities. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today as well. So uh, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 7. Or you can just follow along as I read it to you. I'm just going to read a few verses to you today, starting uh, in verse 37, John seven thirty-seven, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that point, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is John 7, 37 through 39. So Jesus is at the festival uh, in, in Jerusalem, and last week we heard a message of, of G- the beginning of this passage, and Jesus uh, coming to, approaching the festival, coming to the festival, and the things uh, surrounding that. And this is on the last and greatest day of the festival, and Jesus stands up and he makes a proclamation. He makes an, an invitation for anyone who thirsts to come and drink from him, and that rivers would flow from them. And, and John, in his commentary, says that Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit. And so the, the, the question Jesus is asking his listeners, the question he's asking us is, are you thirsty? What are you thirsting for? Do you have thirst in your life right now? Thirst is a, this, this metaphorical language. It speaks of a, an intense desire or even desperation. I don't, I don't know if you've used the word thirst to describe your desire anytime recently. Have you ever said, I thirst for you about a person? 
That's some extreme language. It's not like second date language, I hope, for anyone that's out there playing the field right now. This is that that is intense romantic language. I don't know if, if you've ever said or heard that. But to thirst or long for or desire something, Jesus is saying, if you're thirsty, come and drink from me. And you won't just be satisfied, but something will flow from you. John's gospel speaks a lot to to this idea of desire and Jesus as the ultimate satisfaction for our desires. Um, He speaks of food and drink often throughout this gospel. Um, Jesus is aware that we as humans have longings, we have desires, we have needs. You are thirsting for something. Um, You may have a sense of what that is that you're thirsting for, uh, you may not. You, you may think that you're thirsting for one thing and you're putting that desire and that longing on that one thing, uh, but not realizing that you're actually longing and thirsting for something greater. You may think that the thing that you're desiring, the thing that you're thirsting for is that job or that house or those zeros in that bank account or that relationship or that sexual experience, or that trip to that place, or that meal, or to have that body, or to have that reputation, or to have that position in your community. You may think that that's the thing that you're longing for. Maybe that's the thing that you're thinking about all the time. That's what happens, right? We get fixated on the things that we're longing for, and that we're thirsting for, and then we just spend all of our days on Redfin or Zillow <laughs> going, oh, if I could just move there, or, or on uh, Car- Carvana, you know, scrolling to see the, the thing that we think we're, we're wanting and longing for. And Jesus is saying, come to me, come to me, and thirst. Maybe the thing you're, you're thirsting for, that you're, that you're feeling, that you're in touch with, is um, some sense of security. Maybe that would come through those things or through some other area that you're, you're, you're experiencing your thirst and your desire as a deep need, um, a longing to be at peace, a longing to be safe, a longing to be okay. These are all felt needs and desires, and they're common to all people. And Jesus is saying throughout, over and over and over, if you're going, I think there's a common theme in this series. It is. The, the theme is over and over, Jesus is saying, here's this image, here's this picture, here's this concept, and here I am as the, the I'm pointing to myself as the fulfillment of that thing. We all have felt needs, um, and Jesus acknowledges those felt needs. He feeds people actual bread and gives them actual drink, gives them actual wine. But then he says, my body is real food and my blood is real wine, is real drink. So here Jesus says, he's at the, at the festival in Jerusalem. He's, uh, this is the last day of the festival. It's the festival of tabernacles, a specific annual festival that took place. It's the last and greatest day of the festival. And Jesus stands up and he says, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Now, something that would happen on the last and greatest day of the festival was that the priests would dump out basins of water and wine around the altar. And you would hear the sound. It's a spectacle. You would hear the sound of, of water rushing, being poured out, and everyone would be watching it happen. And it's kind of implied in this passage that it's in that moment 
most likely, that Jesus stands up and he's shouting over the sound of, of rushing water, anyone, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. He's, he's seizing the moment for a sermon illustration that's happening in real time. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, rivers. There's this, like you can imagine even the sound of like a river if you're pouring water out. Rivers of living water will flow from within them. This image would have been, this would have been a dramatic moment. He's not just talking to the people at his table, at table, table 14 at the wedding uh, reception. He's, he's speaking to the room and speaking to the crowd and, and speaking and, and giving meaning to a moment that they would have been familiar with um, at this festival every year. Are you thirsty? And Jesus's words would have been an echo to the, the, his Jewish audience. There, there are echoes of many Old Testament passages that they would have been familiar with, especially Isaiah 55, one and two, says, come all you who are thirsty, Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not really satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. Come and drink. Um. I, uh, I I love that we're reading this passage on this day. Um, this is where, where we're kind of landing this series in this season. I love that it's the week before Pentecost, um, that it's kind of working out that way. And uh, and I, I don't know about you, I've had a growing sense in this this season, this spring, coming into through Lent, coming into Easter, and now post-Easter, approaching the summer. I've had a growing sense, and I, I know I've, there have been several other people in the community, on our team, who have expressed to me individually uh, a similar uh, thought to the sense that I'm feeling, and that's, I, I'm almost, I'm kind of hesitant to say this, because I, I, I um, it, it's, it, it kind of feels delicate, but th- there's this growing sense that maybe there is some fresh move of the spirit on its way here at Grace Midtown. Um, and I don't know, even as I'm saying it out loud, as you're hearing me say this, if, some, if you sense something in you going, yes, <laughs> actually, yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but wow, that makes sense. Or maybe you have in your time of prayer and your time of reading and your time of of just reflecting on God and what he's doing in your life that you've, you've been sensing that too. Uh, I would actually ask you to, to hold that um, with a, a, a delicacy and to say, God, what, what, uh, what are you saying about this? Are you, are you about to do something fresh in my life and in our church and in our community? And like I said, I'm hesitant, hesitant to say it because the last thing I would want would be to uh, feel like, we're trying to manufacture something or force something or work something up. I don't know how you've experienced the movement of the Spirit in your life or in community in the past. I know we've had it at Grace Midtown, different years and different seasons where it was just 
clear, oh, God is doing, the spirit is moving in this new way. And here's the, here's the fruit, here's the evidence, here's the manifestation, if you will. Um, and it looks different in all sorts of different moments and different places. And um, the thing that I, I desire is, um, is that we would just have an authentic refreshing of the spirit, authentic, meaning that it's, um, it's, it's how God wants to move in this time and in this place. And it's not just what it looked like back then or what it looks like there or that thing that I experienced in that place or that thing I heard about or the way those people do it. And, and when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I know there's like varying degrees of uh, comfort level and um, and personal experience in this area. And so maybe you're going, oh yeah, I've, I was there for that revival. And so I know that experience or I've, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I, I've, this has been my whole journey with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you feel a little, um, apprehensive when people start to talk about the Holy Spirit, because that's, that stuff sounds weird or you've, you had a bad experience. You saw, you saw people act in strange ways that just didn't seem right to you. And there's all sorts of different, um, yeah, different experiences that people have had. The thing that we see over and over in the scriptures is, and in the New Testament especially, is Jesus's promise to give the spirit. And we see that that looks different in different times and with different people throughout the New Testament. We see the the day of Acts 2 and Pentecost. Um, The Spirit is poured out in a certain way. We see then lots of kind of mini pourings out of the Spirit throughout Acts. We see Paul talking about uh, the the gifts of the Spirit and the movement of the Spirit in his letters. And then we all have our own personal experiences in my life. I I have my history with the Holy Spirit. Um, And much of my adult life. I mean, I I don't know that I would be, I would have the storyline of my life um, if it hadn't been for some very real experiences with the Holy Spirit as a teenager and as a young adult. And so all that being said, um, man, I I just, I wonder uh, what new thing God wants to do in our midst, not because we prayed the right prayers, not because we, um, you know, we held the we we held the fast at the right time or any of that, but it was just it was just time, and um, so yeah, I would ask, hold that, sit with it, take that to God, and ask, what are you what are you doing? Is there what's the thing you want to bring to our community? And and I love that you know the next time we'll be together next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, and so. God, is there, what, what is this, this moment marking for us into this next season? If anything's true about the, the Holy Spirit, it's that the Holy Spirit is a gift. And the Holy Spirit is something that Jesus gives and that Jesus pours out. Acts 2, Peter says, Peter's explanation of what happens in Acts 2 is, Jesus has poured out what you now see and hear. Jesus, Jesus is the one pouring out the basin like those priests pouring the water around the altar. And, uh, and so we want to receive whatever Jesus has for us. Uh, one other thing I, I want to point out here is that Jesus says, hey, come to me and drink, and rivers of living water will flow from 
you. So he says, drink from me and the spirit will flow from you. Drink from me and the spirit will flow from you. There's always this from factor in, in the movement of the spirit in the life of a disciple and in a community from you. Uh, this is, where does the spirit flow to when the spirit is flowing from us? Well, wherever the spirit wants, <laughs> but typically into the driest places around us. This is the imagery we see in Ezekiel 47 with the river flowing from the, the, the doorway, the threshold of the temple flows down to the Dead Sea through the dry place, down to the Dead Sea, and makes the dead places live. This is the calling, this is the vocation, this is, this is always meant to be the activity of the Spirit in the church and the people of God. The, the Spirit would flow from us to the dry places in the world around us and bring life. This is our calling. Um, and so often we miss that because we get caught up in the ways of the dry places. We as a church get caught up in the games that the world, if you will, is playing around us and we miss and sometimes even forfeit the opportunity and the calling to to refresh and bring life to those dry places. We get caught up in the political games in our country. We pick sides, we join teams, we pledge allegiance to certain ideologies and attach our identities to them and we miss the opportunity to be a spring of fresh water, a river that flows from us to bring life to those dry places. Am I speaking to anybody right now? We get caught up in the narrative that the the society around us is speaking and the story that society is telling and saying this is this is what it means to really live this is what it means for your life to have meaning this is what it means to be somebody this is what it means to be free so oh man this is big for us freedom we're like a freedom people right as a country but the church is meant to be truly a freedom people. And so we end up buying into the story of what the world around us is saying freedom actually looks like. And we miss the opportunity. We, we actually don't realize that so often what the world is saying is freedom is actually bondage. And we miss the opportunity to be an agent of freedom. The river doesn't flow from us to the dry places because we've identified so much with the dry places. This is over and over and over again, the the message throughout the scriptures and the challenge of the voice of God to the people of God to repent, to turn to him and to again let the river flow. Peter says in Acts 3, 19, he says, repent then and turn to God. This is, this is just after Pentecost. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And repentance, I think this is a really important word an important word to understand. It's a word that we've, we've probably misunderstood a lot 
uh, throughout Christian history, especially in the West. Repentance, it means to change your mind. It means to change your direction. It, it, it practically often means to acknowledge the ways and the places that we're getting stuck and that we're getting hung up, to acknowledge that and to say, oh, I'm stuck right here. It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm condemned for being stuck in some area of my life, but I'm, I've been getting hung up in this area I'm acknowledging that. I'm owning it. I'm conf- it's confession. I'm, I'm confessing, oh, I'm stuck here, and now I'm turning back to Jesus right now. And I'm looking to him as the source because so often sin and temptation, the story of temptation over and over and over again is that God is not the answer, <laughs> that these things are the answer. God's not the one who satisfies. This thing satisfies. It's the serpent in the garden Oh, God's holding out on you. So you have to go about giving yourself the things that you long for and that you need rather than trusting him to provide. That's, that's the story of temptation over and over again. And so repentance so often just means saying, oh, I, I got hung up here. I got hung up chasing this thing. I got hung up in this habit, this way of thinking, this way of relating. Um. I got hung up in identifying too much with this group or this ideology or this system, and I'm seeing it, I'm seeing things for what they are. I'm seeing clearly now, and oh, it's a gift. When we start to see clearly, it can break our hearts because uh, we don't know that we're like being deceived, if you will. That's the nature of deception. You don't know that you're being deceived, but when your eyes open, you go, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been wrong. It's actually heartbreaking, but there is no condemnation and there is no shame. The invitation is simply to go, oh, now that I realize I'm repenting, I'm returning. And I just, I don't know, I sense that this, this, this call of Peter in Acts 3.19 is, is relevant today. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Times of refreshing. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what times of refreshing means to you, but I just have the sense that like, is this time we're entering into meant to be a time of refreshing? For you, for me, for us as a church, uh, that the river, um, the river might flow through us, from us. Yeah? Final thought here is that Jesus is the one who gives the Spirit. We've said it already. Jesus gives the Spirit. He says, are you thirsty? Come to me and drink, and rivers of living water will flow from you. Jesus is the one who gives the Spirit. Um, So the thing you're thirsting for, the thing you're longing for, the thing you're hunting down, the thing you're seeking, the thing you're on a pilgrimage for. Some of us, we're living our lives half awake, half asleep, and just sort of like eat another meal, watch another show, get in the car, go to work, come back. And you kind of just, uh, we're we're all just sort of in this half-life, you know? But, But then there's others that are really seeking. You're hungry, you're thirsty, you're seeking, but you may not, you might be tempted to think that what you're seeking is found somewhere besides Jesus, actually. And the, 
I, I think this is important to say that, like, the thing you're looking for is not in some book you haven't read. It's not in some podcast that you haven't listened to yet. It's not in some teaching that you haven't heard yet. It's not in some place that you haven't visited yet. It's not in some movement that you're not a part of yet. The thing you're looking for is in Jesus, in the same old Jesus. The Jesus you're familiar with. The Jesus you're bored of. If we can have eyes to see and ears to hear the next thing, God has for you is still in the one that you've known all along. Or maybe this is a time in your life where you're just coming to know this Jesus. And the good news for all of us, no matter where we're at, is the thing God has for you, the next thing God has for you and for us is found in this one who was and is and is to come. I, I love the, the re- reaction of the people to Jesus' teaching earlier on in this passage in, uh, in John seven twenty seven, They say, but we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he's from. They're, they're, they're saying, we know this guy. Isn't this Joseph and Mary's son? Isn't he the carpenter? Isn't this the guy? We know him. We're familiar with him. Familiarity so often breeds contempt and familiarity with Jesus. The people around him, the people in his hometown had been inoculated to who, to his wonder. And sometimes, you know, you think you've seen it all in the church. You think you've seen it all in the Bible. You think you've seen it all in this Jesus thing. I just want to encourage you and even challenge you. You haven't. I haven't. We haven't. Um, well, we don't. We don't need a new teaching, a new way, um, a new thing. We need a refreshing. We need a reviving. Um, that's my. That's my prayer for myself. That's my hope for us as a church. And so, uh, I'm going to close. Um, this is it. This is it for this uh, this day. We're not going to do any music or anything like that. Um, I just want to leave you with a prayer and a few prompts for this week and this day as you hopefully have a little extra space. Take a walk, um, sit down, get alone with God at some time uh, in the next little bit and, um, and get in touch with your desire. Get in touch with your thirst and your hunger. Be honest about it. What am I hungering for? What am I thirsting for? What am I desiring? What have I been fixated on? What have I been, like, what's the, what's the app that I keep scrolling on? <laughs> And keep going back to because I think that's that's the, got the answer. And and let's let's name it and be honest with God and say, oh yeah, I've been really focused on the car or whatever. I've been really focused on that trip. I've been really focused on fill in the blank. So the first question for us is, what what are you thirsting for? What are you thirsting for? Um. And then I would love for you to reflect on on the Holy Spirit and what. Remember what times of refreshing have meant to you in the past if you've had those experiences. Um, how have you experienced the Holy Spirit in the past is that second question for us. And maybe for you, you're going, I, ha- I don't know that I have. Rob, I'm kind of new around here um, and new to this thing, and I'm intrigued by what you're saying, but I don't, I don't know about that. Um, then I would invite you to, to 
kind of step to this next question, which is, what does it look like for you to look to Jesus this week and to just simply say, okay, I know I've got these longings, I know I've got these desires, but I'm hearing you say, come to me and drink and the rivers will come. So I'm gonna come to you and drink. And I, I just would ask, what does it look like for you to come to Jesus and simply drink, to sit in his presence, to reflect on his goodness, to bring your needs and longings and desires and fears and hopes and joys to him and to simply enjoy him, his words, his presence, um, and to trust, it's an act of trust, to trust that from that will come fruit that we can all enjoy and give away on into the future. So I look forward to seeing you all next week, Pentecost Sunday. Be here. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a good one. And um, we've got an exciting summer coming as well. Jesus, we look to you. We want to drink from you. We believe that you are the answer. You are the, the fulfillment of all that we long for. And I just ask that not because of a good sermon or a good worship song or a good gathering or a good prayer or anything like that, but simply because you are who you are and that you are so available to us. I pray for a time of refreshing in our lives and in our church. And um, we just collectively want to say yes to you and express our trust and faith in you to bring about all that we long for and need. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.